0: Welcome to episode 92 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I am joined this week by Treg, um, hiding in my basement Wilson, and Matt, and Matt's beard. So this week, we are going to discuss some moves that uh, Bergevin has made, uh, signings. Uh, we're going to shoot the breeze a little bit on all things Canadians, And we're going to end it off with some, uh, some chirps and some NHL draft talk. So after the break, we will discuss all of this. So stick around. We'll be right back. Are you in the market
1: You have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get burger Arms. Berkey Arms will get you the gains you need. burger Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need. Get burger Arms. burger Today. Not a real project, they May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want it loyally, buy a dog.
0: And welcome to episode 92 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I am joined this week by Treg. I'm making a basement, Wilson. I'm almost done. And Matt, look at the glorious beard and its awesomeness, Smith.
2: Good morning, guys.
0: Seriously, it's great to have the beard here. Uh, You too, Matt. I'm I'm
2: always happy to be here, and, and
0: he's happy to be here too. Well, you know, it's been a while since we've seen you. And yeah, it's
2: been a little while. I, yeah. I've just, as I said, like this year's been pretty crazy. I know for all of us, and um, pretty much been living at work. So it's I'm happy to be back on the show.
1: Well, it's good that you get that recliner at work with your coffee mug and stuff, so that living at work is a little bit more comfortable.
2: Yeah, you know, the only thing is is the the cup holder for the recliner doesn't
1: fit my mug, so I
2: kind of have oh. to stop, like I kind of just have to rest it. And it's
1: did you did you put okay. in a weaf so that you can get a new uh, new couch? Did you put in a?
2: I just said we can give this to the navy.
0: <laughs> well, the, that's too good for the navy. We only take yeah. uh, the the leftovers from Corrections Canada. Oh, okay. that's correct. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Fact so, about our mattresses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Declined and, and I, by Corrections don't Canada. Have a, yeah. Approved I mean,
1: so, by the Canadian Navy.
0: <laughs> yeah. But but Matt, you don't have a corporal that just goes and fetches you stuff and brings you new cup holders and coffees and stuff?
2: Oh not just yet. I'm not I'm not at that stage yet. <laughs> no,
0: you not got, the leaf.
1: You got the
2: leaf. I got the leaf. I got the leaf, but uh I'm not there yet. any need another chevron first.
1: You got start playing the shoulder game you know <laughs> oh mine's higher than yours i win <laughs> everyone loves that game absolutely so much oh, anyone p2 and higher <laughs> oh, yeah or sorry matt sergeant and higher yeah yeah
0: thanks c- yeah uh c sergeant yeah c sergeant yeah <laughs> you know not all of us uh have the uh have the shoulder strength to hold up a crown
1: that's why you have surgery on your shoulders, isn't there? <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're, 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 we're kind of slipping a little bit. And we'll just start the show. And we'll just kick it off with someone who slipped really hard, hit his head, and said really dumb shit online. And that's Damien Cox. Oh, I thought you were about me for a second. <laughs> oh, no, not you. Damien Cox, a man who lives up to his name daily. What a dick. So if you haven't been on social media in a little while, you'll notice that uh, Tampa Bay has won the cup. Congratulations to the lightning for a hard fought, well-earned Stanley cup victory against a tough opponent. Dallas was no easy out and Tampa, uh, Tampa did it back to Cox though. Um, as as expected, he uh, he lived up to his name, and he was a dick online by saying, not as difficult to win a cup when there's no road games, no travel. Still a difficult thing to win at all. Kind of a backhanded compliment there. Tampa gave lots of sweat and blood to make this happen, but let's not compare bubble hockey with the real thing. So, um Treg as the resident villain.
3: <laughs>
0: you can you can see where he's coming from. It makes total sense. Super easy to win the cup. Well, as, mili-
1: as military members, we know being away from your family for months at a time is a very easy thing to do. Uh, totally. there, was ab- there was absolutely no distractions like Mike Milbury uh, said in his stupid comment because there was no women there to distract the players. Uh <sighs> Damian Cox just, I think he tweets sh- shit out just to be relevant for the fi- 15 seconds, whether it's good or bad, whether it's uh, whatever. I haven't had him, I haven't heard him have a good take even before he was DMing women for uh, sex uh, when he was working for TSN. I mean, he's irrelevant. He's, I don't even think he's working anywhere. Uh, and I believe he just tweets just for the simple fact that he has the need to feel involved. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if he really thinks about what he's saying. He just says, Oh, this will get me attention. I'm going to tweet it. Uh, this probably was a harder Stanley cup to win. Cause not only was there an extra round for, uh, some teams, but, uh, you're isolated from your friends, you're isolated from your family you're isolated from everything that's important to you and everyone that got you to where you are and that's a uh that's probably a bigger meant the mentality of it all is probably the bigger thing because if you go already to the cup finals, you're there for what was it two and a half months yeah about that uh and that that's a long time to be away f- from your family if you're not used to it. The three of us can attest we've been away six seven eight nine months sometimes. A year away from our family and uh it 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 weighs on you and your productivity goes down your your uh you, you know depression can set in and and it doesn't matter how long it is or how short it is being away from the people you love and the people that you depend on it, it's hard and yes you're there to do a game, yes you're playing the hockey, yes you're doing what you love yes you're doing whatever but these aren't kids anymore. They're, they're adults and they, they have a life, they have a family, they have other dependents, like children that depend on them, a wife that depends on them and they can't be there for them. And that, and life keeps deep. going,
0: life keeps yes. going outside the bubble. So they're, yeah. they're being inundated with everything going on. You know, you say your wife's pregnant and she's having a bad week, a bad day. Well, that FaceTime, that, sh- that shit's not going to be easy. Yeah. Dealing with that remotely. Cause you can't be there to help. You can't, And I know that players go on the road and travel during the playoffs, but let's also keep in mind that when you're playing in the playoffs through the season, players have a routine. They have a set routine that they like to follow. Travel days are part of the routine. So they, they know what to do between games. So their time is set up. They know when to rest, when to eat, what to eat, how to rest, how to set themselves up for success for the next game, which is two days away. Whereas in this case, none of that was happening. So they didn't know what they were going to do with themselves or how to set themselves up. So they had to relearn how to prepare. Uh, some Sometimes, as we noticed, the, uh, the the games were not on a set schedule like they normally are for the playoffs. So sometimes you'd have back-to-back nights. Um you know, an afternoon game, then a night game or a night game, then an afternoon game, cutting back a lot of that, uh, that prep time and changing the way you prep it. And then when you win a series, normally, if you won it in four or five games, you had a long rest. And you were able to heal up those bumps and bruises, but because it's in the bubble, they cut that right out. And as soon as they were able to, they started their first game. There was no set time. So everything was just, there was no ability to plan ahead, no ability, there was no set routine. So not only are they away from their families and having to deal with the stuff going on at home remotely, which, Treg, as you mentioned, it's nearly impossible and it weighs on you. Then you have that, inser- that uncertainty. And, and then you have people who have never played the damn game at any level shitting all over these guys and call- and, and then insulting them. These guys played their hearts out in a tough situation. There is no asterisk to this cup. It's not the quote unquote COVID cup. It's the fucking Stanley cup. And these guys earned it. So fuck you, Damian Cox.
1: Right in the butthole. So I'm going to, uh,
2: I'll just weigh in. I agree with both of you guys. Um, You know, I've been, I've been away from my family um, just as you guys have. It's never it's never easy, and, you know. Even if you're even if you're away for a couple weeks on an exercise or a month or whatever, there's as as Blaine said, like life still continues. And even though these guys have much more money than us, much more assets than we do, et cetera, at the end of the day, we're all still human beings, and we all have families. We all have um, our own issues. And we saw at the start of the uh, playoffs, we we saw players opt out, and they were attacked for it. And at the end of the day, they they chose their family and their their family's well being over 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 playing hockey, and it's something that you've got to respect. Um, I know Tuukka Rask is getting he's getting harassed like left, right, and center, and he's probably going to end up getting pushed out of Boston. But at the end of the day, did he make the right decision for his family? I think he did, and he'll he'll find work elsewhere. It's not going to be an issue uh, when it comes to Damian Cox, though. I agree with Treg. He He's a guy that just um, he more or less just tweets for that couple minutes of fame. He gets out there, he'll trend, he'll piss everybody
0: off. He's like Steve Simmons, right? Um, he he yeah, but Steve Simmons actually has people who likes him and yeah, has defend job. him, saying that That's he's right. a good guy outside of what he's doing.
2: Yeah, but with Damien Cox, they said he's there's a reason that he's not really that relevant anymore. And he pops up, he pisses people off, and then he fucking disappears. And um, that's pretty much all I have to say about him, really. He's, I'm not going to give him more airtime than, than what he deserves. Um, but, yeah, you know, when it comes to Tampa winning the Cup, there's no asterisks. As, as Blaine said, it's still the Stanley Cup. They still played hard. There, there were guys that played through uh, um, large injuries, multiple injuries. Um, they, they still played hard. They still deserved it, especially after um, the performance they put in last season just to get swept in the first round. I think they showed a lot of adversity. And, you know, I know that as soon as uh, they won the cup, people were like, oh, ex-Canadian Ryan McDonough, ex-Canadian Miguel Sergachev, etc." You know what? Yes, we know. They used to play for the fucking Canadians. the I fuck up! Believe... They're, not, they're not on the team anymore. I'm happy for both of them. Let's move on. That's all I'm to I'm,
0: I'm, I'm upset. I can't believe Bergevin would trade McDonough that, like that. Oh, fuck, I know, right? He He's just the worst. It's so terrible.
2: Just the worst.
0: And could you imagine if Dallas would have won? It would have been a completely different story because they oh, just used Radulov.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know what? I'm happy for them. And uh, yeah. and, and bring and bringing up Dallas before we move on, um, you know what? I, I was one of those guys that was just, I was pulling for Hudobin so hard. Like, I, I I he was the story of the playoffs for me. Um I know a lot of people are going to say that it's the uh Steven Stamkos will he play you know but uh and I was happy that he scored the goal in the game that he played but I think that um, Hudobin was the uh, story of the playoffs for me.
1: Uh every ex Montreal Canadiens was a mega superstar in this playoffs. That's uh, why they
0: were all awarded the Conn Smythe um, as it grew. Absolutely.
1: Sergachev, I think you know scored two goals. Five point. I don't I don't know. He I, he was irrelevant. Anyway, but he was a superstar. Uh this whole I guess you if you do it the right way, if you want to compare an ex play you can say, Hey, ex Canadians, McDonough and Sergachev playing for the Stanley Cup, you know, good for them. But people always turn it into and it's mostly just people on Twitter. They always turn it into look what we gave up, look what we you know, uh do you think Boston fans are going, oh, look, we gave up Tyler Sagan, now he's in the Stanley Cup Finals? No. I mean, people go on about Druin being the biggest bum, but last year he had 53 points and 18 goals. When the only year Radulov played for the Canadiens, he had 54 points and 18 goals, and he considered a god, and you should have That's thrown a That's not fair. You can't
0: compare out. Radulov to Druin because Druin was, was traded for Sergachev, and you're only allowed to talk about that.
1: <laughs> but the, but the, the, do you see my point? Like these same people are arguing that we should have kept Radulov
4: for what about $7, what seven about eight, about $8 million. McDuck.
1: Bergevin's, Bergevin's, oh Bergevin's, Bergevin's trade. Oh my God, Bergevin's trade.
0: Ah, anyway, we're going to leave that garbage behind and <laughs> we're going to talk about something even better. Jeff Petrie.
1: Oh, I thought we were gonna say Victor Mete. I was gonna say I'm all prepared <laughs> no, no. to talk about Victor Mete.
0: <laughs> no, but Jeff Petrie signed, and now we have four more years of watching his kids do these cute videos. Ah uh, I mean I'm tired know, of those videos. <laughs> cute kids and videos running around cheering for their dad. Love it. And you know, sometimes Jeff Petrie actually provides quality play on the ice, which, you know, kind of earned him the money. Absolutely. Well, I I'm, you know what? Jeff Petrie just
1: proved that people do want to play in Montreal by simple fact. He could have got a mega raise. He probably could have got closer to $7 million. He's a 40 point defenseman. He's a puck moving defenseman on the right side. He's the only one Montreal has. If he would have hit the free agent market, he probably, especially next season when there aren't, I don't think a lot of defensemen I'd have to look it up. I'm not positive, but he would have been one of the top defensemen available he probably could have got $7 million or more going somewhere else. But he's chose to stay in Montreal for only 750 k more than what he was already getting. And for a, I'm going to say a team-friendly uh, 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 length because it's only four years on, added on top of the one year he has, which brings him up to, I believe, 37 dollars Yeah, so, so he,
0: it's, it's a good deal for the Canadians because they didn't have to give much more it's a good deal for him because he makes 25 million bucks out over the length of the deal. Um, So, you know, it's not like the Canadians lowballed him, but at the same time, like you said, he left money on the table. He could have gotten 1.5, maybe even 2 million more on the open market from a desperate team. Cause I don't think next year's uh, free agent crop for the right-handed defenseman is going to be great. Uh, And like I say, I think
1: he uh, just proved that he sees where the team is going. He sees what the team is trying to do and he's willing to stick there to do it. He's willing to take a bit of a discount because that's going to help Bergevin bring in the Gallagher, the no, and Cockney uh, and and the other guys that he has to sign next year. Well,
0: that, that brings me to a good question. Uh, Matt, do you think Gallagher is going to uh, leave money or term on the table like, uh, like Petrie just did? Uh, money, yes. Term, no. I would say.
2: I, I, I think he. I think he'd leave a little bit of money on the table, but um, I think he's going to be looking for a, a bigger contract. He's going to be looking for at least six years, and um, we know that he's the heart and soul of the team. And I'm willing to pay up for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, like, what are you thinking? Like, uh, because I know Bergeron has said that he's looking at making Gallagher the highest paid forward on the team, and, and Drew is. Williams- currently that that highest paid forward at 5.5 5. so For, 6 million
2: i i do like a six times six i'd be okay with that like we know that he he's like he's a guy that constantly scores and when he's healthy he gives it his all every shift he um just imagine if this guy was you know six four and like 225 pounds he never would you know no one would be able to stop him You'd and the that's first overall the overall pick and that that's what too. and that's what he plays like He'll he'll match up against the biggest lines. He matches up against the biggest defenders. He gets hit. He gets knocked down, and he comes back for the next shift. And if the he's the Chumbawumba uh, of in, the Montreal Canadiens. Well, if he exactly, and if he if he's injured or not, he still gives it us all. And you can tell that he plays with passion. We saw it during the playoffs this year, and he, you you could tell when he was injured or we wasn't does, didn't feel right when he got back to the bench. You could see it in his eyes, but did that stop him from coming out and playing a full shift or um, giving it his all? No, it didn't. And he still had his chances. He, he, you know, he didn't, he wasn't the big goal scorer that he normally would be during the regular season during the playoffs. We know that he was playing through multiple injuries and we covered that on a previous show and um, he's expected to be ready for the the season this year, whenever it starts, it's supposed to be this week, but we know that's not going to happen. Right. So, But yeah, I do. I do a six times six and I wouldn't have any issue with it at all.
0: Seeing those injuries, seeing him the way he was after the hips, the hip injury early. Um, is there any, any cause for concern for his future health? If you're going to sign somebody for that kind of money, you, you want him to be able to play at least 60, 65 games a year on average over that lifespan. Um, Trey, do you think he's going to be able to do it?
1: I think that's going to be the tough thing. I think 6 by 6 sounds reasonable. He's only 30, so uh, it's going to take him to 36. The problem is his style of play is not favorable once you get to about 32, 33. Um,
2: He's 27
1: right now. He's 27? Okay. He's 27 right now. Close to 30. Yeah, he'll be uh, be
2: 28 in May. So he's still a young guy.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I I, personally, I'm with you. I think six by six is the perfect fit. Um, Like you said, he is the heart and soul kind of guy. He's the one that he's the on ice general. He'll just, he, there's no dip in his effort level. Yes. He's going to play hurt. Yes. He's going to have days where he, he doesn't play well, but it's not because he's not giving everything he has. And I understand what you're saying. Yeah. How how long is he going to
2: play like that and play that style before his body tells him, you know, you've got to take a break?
0: Because size is, a, is an issue in a case like this because of his style of play. Exactly. Will or you...
1: a comparison, not to interrupt you there, Matt. No, go but ahead. Chris Kreider this year signed a, a deal worth $45.5 million extension for seven years. Um, and he's never surpassed 30 goals. So – if you look at uh, guys, and Kreider's a bit like uh, Gallagher, a little bit bigger, but he plays a kind of similar style to Gallagher, where he's he gets in front of the net, he goes in the corners, he'll play hurt. It was after goalie's whatever. knees, uh, but uh, <laughs> that too. But uh, you're not only paying for Gallagher's play; you're on the ice. You're also paying for his leadership off the ice, and yep. you're playing for his heart, and or you're paying him for his heart and soul. I don't want to see Montreal go much higher than 6 million on Gallagher. Um, and personally, I, I wouldn't want to see him go much higher in six years. Gallagher kind of took a team friendly deal the first time when he got signed, when Bergman first came along, I believe in 2013 or 2014. Don't quote me on those, the, those dates. Uh, but he kind of took a, a bridge deal as you would call it. And, uh, but I don't think Gallagher's going to be going out at the end of this season. Uh, Eric Engels did an article last week on this about how he's more going to be looking for the long-term extension instead of the money extension. And if he already knows uh, Bergeron's willing to make him the top-paid forward, then on the Canadians, then he already knows he's going to get more than five and a half million dollars. So six by six just makes
0: perfect sense. In my opinion, would you do would you do a seventh or eighth year on top of that if it takes his AAV down?
1: If it takes his AAV down, but do you need a seventh or eighth year? Uh,
0: if you're looking at the team, um, if he capitalizing it, on the cap space in the next three years, sure, absolutely. You, you want to you want to knock that cap down a little bit.
1: Speaking on cap space too is you got to remember. I don't think you're going to see players sign for as big a contracts in the next couple of years as they have been. So you're going to see a guy who would normally probably get seven to $8 million on the open market, probably not get as get that much from teams because the teams don't want to pay that much money for the players right now.
0: That is a question I was going to ask Matt is uh, the uncertainty aspect of the next two, three years because of COVID. Is that playing into like, in your opinion, is that playing into this? Into in a way, contract. in a way,
2: yes. But Montreal isn't one of those teams that's going to be desperate for money. They've got a, uh, they've got a market. They've got a owner that makes a hell of a lot of money, and that doesn't it does. And he's not scared to spend. Um, Toronto's going to be in the same boat. Um, New York's going to be in the same boat, et cetera. They're, these are the wealthy teams that th- they can play up to the cap, and they're not going to have an internal cap like the Sabers would or the Senators would or something like that. So they'll be able to not only like, for instance, like we talk about Montreal, is it a place that players want to play? We all say yes, obviously, but then there's taxes, there's this, there's that, whatever. However, with the COVID and the flat cap and teams having an internal cap and everything, you might see these teams that traditionally wouldn't be, say, the first choice for some of these players, but now they know that they can get paid going to those markets that they might skip out on a payday to go to one of these other places because of the internal cap.
0: So basically, and, and I'm, I'm ag- i agree with you. My thought is that um, because of the flat cap and the pandemic and the uncertainty coming up for, up ahead, uh, will the cap go up? Will it, will it slide down? Players are looking at getting their pay now, and teams like the Canadians, like you mentioned, who make their money off alcohol, which sales of alcohol are skyrocketing. They're, they're able to pay. So that, the cap, uh, the, the issue with the taxes and the media that becomes more of a tertiary issue for them. Whereas, okay, which teams can I, can pay me now? And there's way less teams that have the money to pay these guys so that, makes a smaller market for them to shop in. I, I think, Montreal, I have to interrupt you there, but young I team think... coming up. So, you know, they could pay, they got some young guys. There, there might be a chance to win in the next few years if the cap is managed properly.
1: I think with the COVID thing and people have an internal uh, caps below what the cap is and stuff like that. I think it's a smart move for some teams. Because they have to look. We don't want to spend to the cap because we're going to get stuck, right? Uh, but what I see is teams like uh, New York, uh, Montreal, Toronto, if they miraculously find some more money than the $5 million they have available to sign everyone. Just wait, till um, they get,
2: they're, wait till they get Dubinsky's
1: contract. They'll have some money to spend. Yeah, well, that, that's, I think, what they're going to do. They're going to play the LITR game. Um, but you're going to see teams like Montreal, they're going to use bonuses and they're going to use money that's not, you know – real money and I just dropped my computer
0: (laughs) for those of us not uh, for our listeners who don't see us on on video uh Treg decided to drop his computer and leave the meeting so that's a win for all of us (laughs) Uh, but I think I think we've kind of harped on this pretty well with the Petrie signing we all agree it's a good it's a good signing for, yeah. for the Canadians, for, for Petrie. Um, he, he's going to shelter uh, the prospects because on the right side, they're not quite ready to step into a top four role anyway. That's right. And, and, and it's going
2: to gonna help out Shea Weber as well. And we saw that um, Petrie's ice time was going up more than what it normally is. And uh, he stomached those minutes pretty well. And whether you, you're going to play him with Edmonston, whether you're going to play him with Romanov, et cetera, like they're in a good spot right now. And, um, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was on, uh, he was on pace for career numbers in a lot of different categories before the season ended. And I think he's going to hit the, he's going to hit the ground running when the season actually does start up. And I don't think we're going to have any issues with this contract going forward.
0: I I don't, I don't think that, um, the traditional top pair, second pair is really the way things are going now. It's more how do these guys match up? How can I share this ice time? So, yeah, you want your top three, top four, yeah, but a top three for sure. Um, you got Weber and Petrie, both of them maybe getting a little bit older, maybe they might lose a step, but they're able to play 25 minutes a game
2: yeah. each.
0: Yeah, so there's there's your two to of your top three. Uh, I know Charot was, you know, in that talk during Hockey Night in Canada as part of the quote-unquote Trident because he was the third defenseman. Yeah. I don't think he is a top three defenseman. Just don't. He's, you know,
2: what he might not be, but he's a, he is in the Canadians. He is. He's a, and, 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 and and I'm not gonna shit on him at all because no no no, I, no. I, and I know you're not trying to do that, but his 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 performance during the playoffs, he stepped up and um yeah. you look at um you look at Evanston coming in, they had very similar numbers, if not almost identical numbers so if they can if they can get another player to put up charot type numbers but be a little bit more meaner and physical, which is already saying a lot because Charrodt already plays that style, I think that um and I've brought it up in the past uh the past show that I was on the the pre- the, the last few deals that Bergevin has made bringing back Petrie signing Edmonston and bringing in Jake Allen. These are all ways to shelter and help out carry price.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Right. So
2: now your defense, all of a sudden, depending on who you're going to throw on that third pairing, right side, whether it be, and I'm just going to say, just imagine if it's Flurry or Juleson, anybody that comes over to that blue line better have their head up because they're going to be, they're going to, it's, it's, it's going to be like everyone's Emlyn and everyone's just going to go at you.
1: I'm, the thing I, I I'm welcome back not or against or whatever. <laughs> is, is Shit, you, he me, made it back. Yeah, my my I dropped my computer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, is that the everyone thinks that you have to have a puck moving defenseman on one side, and a puck moving defenseman on the other side, and you should have a puck moving defenseman with a stay at home defenseman, and on every shift. Well, you're not going to have that. I mean, if you look at most teams, you have. Uh, You have, you have your one big puck moving scoring defenseman. Toronto only has Riley. I guess you could say Muzzin maybe, but Muzzin's more of a two way guy. Yeah, right. Uh, Montreal has Weber and Petrie. Weber's not a puck mover, but Petrie is a puck mover, right? Petrie can move the puck and he can skate. He's on the right side. Do we, as of right now, do we need that puck moving left handed defenseman when you have a defense? That's pretty much going to shut the other team down right at the blue line before they come in.
0: So, this is where I was going with my point earlier and with a top three. And that's Claude Julian's going to set matchups. He's going to uh, try to balance out the lines based on who they're playing. You know, if they're playing the Bruins, who play a, a heavier style, he's got the guy, he's got the size in back to play that, to defend, to protect. But does he have enough to keep up with teams like Toronto who like run and gun? I, I know that a lot of Habs fans say that Toronto's not set up to be successful in the playoffs. They're, they're made to win in the regular season because it's all run and gun. There's no defense. But to get into the playoffs, and Bergevin has said this, you have players who get you there and players who take you through. The Canadians are missing just a little bit on that left side. Uh, someone who can carry a puck a little bit better. Because let's be honest, Sherratt and Edmondson, for everything they can provide, they handle the puck like a grenade. Now, I don't know how much, um, how much they're banking on Romanov to develop into that player that they need, who can, who can play that two-way game, move a puck up ice, transition well. You don't need a guy like a, like a Rinski or anything who can carry the puck and deke people out, but they need somebody who can make a crisp first pass, maybe carry the puck out of the zone once in a while. I think that's that's the one thing that's missing back there. Overall, I think the defensive core looks pretty good because you can't get size if you can't find size up front. At least throw some in the back because <laughs> that way they can battle.
1: I I so, kind of agree with you in a bit, but. Toronto's a bad example because Montreal beat Toronto all year with the defense they had,
0: which yeah, wasn't a running gun. But, but Montreal finished 24th and Toronto yeah, was in I the top, top 10.
1: But Montreal didn't finish 24th because of their defense.
0: No, but there's, like I said, there's, there, they were a regular season team who did well playing an open style. Whereas the Canadians never changed their style and played, played close the entire time, which I, I just, they I mean, I,
1: I don't disagree with you. I do. Sure, it's going to help, but I don't think Montreal's defense is that much of a worry. Uh, I I really don't think you need that left-handed defenseman right now. Right now. Uh, I believe Romanoff, he can move the puck in that. Let him develop. Let him come up. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you need to go out and get that one, two, or three, four left-handed defenseman right now. If you don't. if what? if
0: if you don't go and get that kind that kind of defenseman, and you've got those those heavier guys on the on the left side, and Romanov on the third pair, like we're not sure what he's what he is yet, you do need something up front. You need more up front to create exactly. that scoring. And I think that's what
1: Bergeron's going to gun for in the off season. Yes, for that high scoring, high skating, high speed. Because if you if you watch go back and watch in the games. uh, a lot of the issues wasn't the defenseman couldn't get it out is that when
0: they got it to the forward at the blue line, they weren't moving. Well, no, because they were up high at the blue line. When they, when they were successful, the wingers were coming down lower to about the, uh, the hash marks. They dip in and they'd be able to pick up speed. And this is part of the reason why I think that getting a puck mover would help is because those guys on the left side, when I said handle the puck like a grenade, they, they, they don't make those crisp, long passes like many higher-end defensemen do. They, they're they good at a quick chip off the boards, which is why the, the winger has to come in deeper and pick that up. So it has to change Julian's system in a way. But on this, on, on the need for more help up front, um, I think, Matt, you have a, a quote from Bergevin as we're going to transition to the draft yeah. on... What Bergevin is going to do. Let me bring it up here.
4: Yeah.
2: So this was from a, an interview he did just uh, just a few days ago. And um, this is regarding the first, the first round pick, uh, 16th overall. He said, I've had conversations with other teams to check on whether certain players might be available. I was then asked if my first round pick might be available. And I answered yes, though. I won't trade the, that pick just to trade it. It has to be for a player who would help us right away and that... And then there's the contract trading the 16th pick for a player that has one year left on his contract before becoming a free agent. That's not the smartest thing to do either, but my pick is even more available than usual. Yes. There's no doubt we are working with a small sample size and with what happened in 10 games in the post season. But at a certain point you have to take the risk that your kids will keep progressing. We've reached a point where we're ready to take that risk.
0: So, that kind of points to him looking for some scoring up front, some uh, some added help up front because he's added the size, he's he's added a better defense, and it, to me it looks like he's what he's trying to do is create a better goal differential. If you're if you're letting in less goals and you're still scoring about the same, the goal differential improves, you win more games. So that's kind of what it looks like. If you can't find scoring, find defense but if he can use that pick to get some more scoring um Absolutely. that'd be great
2: and he and he and i'm not gonna say he um i'm not saying this in a bad way but he jumped the gun on other teams and started making his team better for next year right away as soon as he had the opportunity to start making trades and making deals he he did that and he beefed up the defense he brought in a solid backup to uh to help out carry price and he signed he signed Jake Evans, he signed um, Jeff Petrie, et cetera. So he's already got a jump filling out the fourth line and filling out his defense where he can jump into focusing on the forwards and the scoring and everything. And he can jump right into that right now. He can jump into it in the draft for, uh, during free agency, et cetera.
1: Not only did he improve, make his moves. Now he has, uh, wealth and defense now he has people on defense that he can dangle in trades yeah. and he can say like yes he re-signed Ebson. Yes, and yes yes that's not saying he's not going to trade them right that's true same same with petrie yeah he re-signed petrie to extension that's not saying he's not going to trade him well think he's got he the no
0: move clause in that first year
1: that's right okay so not this yeah. year then well that's no he could still trade him because the first year doesn't technically start till after next year mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a handshake deal in there not to move him. Before sure, that. Lightly, yeah. sure. But I, I'm just using an example. I don't think Petrie's yeah. going to get traded. No. But I'm just saying, just because he signed these people, this, that doesn't mean he can't – if someone comes up to him and said, listen, we were really going to go hard after Edmondson, right? If you give us your – I'm using this as an example. It's not – if you give us our first pick, Edmondson, and say Paling or someone like – or whatever, we'll give you sidle. You know what I mean? Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's going to happen because that's not going to happen. But way to blow – way to blow Pudsey's mind. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like – Yeah. He
2: He also has to be very careful with who he signs and how many players he signs with the Seattle expansion coming up. Because right now you've got four players that – like, for instance, on defense – You've got your top four as of, right, as of right now where it sits. You've got Sherrod, Edmondson, Petrie, and Weber. One of those guys is going to be available unless they do the eight-player system or I think whatever the hell I it think is. that's
1: going to be Edmondson, to be honest Right,
2: exactly. But I, they're, yeah. I think they're going to do yeah. the 7-3-1 like most teams are going to. And no. that's gonna that's going to keep one guy right there that's going to be left open.
0: But, uh, so, so they got
2: to be really careful when it comes to bringing in different free agents because a lot of guys are saying, "Let's jump on Taylor Hall. Let's jump on Tory Crew. Let's just jump on fucking anybody that we can pay." But then you're going to lose somebody else in your lineup that is going to be a, is
1: considered a difference maker. Bergeron so pretty much already said he's not getting Taylor Hall.
0: Essentially, <laughs> yeah. that first pick is in play, so yes. it may not have it come draft day.
1: That's right. Now and he said he before his it. first pick was in play, but it was more of a yeah. yeah. if the, mar- but the miracle, the miracle deal comes, the miracle deal comes,
0: but it's possible. I it think may this pick is, not be there. I think this pick
1: is more in play than it's ever been. True, I'd I agree think with he's going to keep it. I, I think he is too. But I think if a deal comes along that he's going to get that scoring that he needs, and all he has to do is give up a first pick and maybe a, a Tatar
0: or something. Sure, yeah,
1: he's he's taking it. He, he's
2: jumping. Uh, maybe, on it.
0: maybe
1: two
2: short.
0: Sure. Maybe a, Bo- a besser becomes available. Whatever.
2: I do, I do agree with Trag that this this year is likely going to be more more in the last few years that the pick would be available, and it's something that the, it's something that um, as we get closer to that pick, if it hasn't already been dealt, that fans that are going to be watching the draft are going to be like, okay, what's going to happen now?
1: I yeah. I agree with Blaine. I don't think he's actually going to trade it because I think it's going to have to be the perfect deal for him to trade it. Bergevin don't like trading picks. He never has. However, I think Bergevin realizes his team's at the point where he has to start adding. He has to start adding to this core, or he's going to have the same thing that happened to him in the first five years.
2: That's going to plateau. and then It's going to plateau, and then he's
1: just going to be that mediocre, great, you know, regular season team that has to ride prices through the playoffs, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, I think he realizes that. And, uh, if anyone remembers this prediction I made a year or so ago, about 21, 22, being the year that this team's going to put it all together, I think we're starting to see that happen now. I think we're starting to see him because he's always said, I always look five years ahead. I looks five year ahead. Blaine brought it up on an old show. I think last year saying, when do you stop looking five years ahead? When do you start looking? We got to win now, Right. And I think he's at that point where he has to start looking that way. I think he is. I think he's hinted in his interviews and that, that he's at the, okay, I've 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 got all these picks. I've got all these play, young players. I've got all this, these prospects. I filled my prospects pool. Now I got to start filling my team to become a contending team.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I've covered this in the hockey writers as well. Mm-hmm. I said that this is the year that uh, he should be making his, uh, his push to make the team better. Um, he's got. He's worked hard to rebuild the prospect pool. It's one of the top 10 prospect pools in the league. Uh, he's got assets to use, young players to use. He can, he can go out and find one or two pieces. I'm not saying they're going to build a cup contender overnight here with this offseason, but he could find that one piece with that first pick. Support for Habs Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news! Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Myself, Treg, and Matt have all had trimming accidents. It happens. Every man has. There's nothing to be ashamed of. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates rooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Let's pretend that he keeps the first pick and is sitting at the table. Picks about to come up. There's there's several names that could be available at that time. Matt, I know you've done a ton of background research on this, okay. so why don't you start us off with who you think may be available and why you think they'd be a fit.
2: Okay, so what I've done is I've written I've just written down a couple of little snips from from Craig Button, and these are snips from Bob McKenzie's final draft rankings. Um, I didn't put what they finished for the ranking or anything like that. These are all just players that have been bounced around in Twitter and on Facebook and just kind of in the hockey world. Um, Some players were going to be more available than others. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention the player. I'm going to do a quick analysis from Craig Button, his projection, and then a comparable um, to an NHL player. So I'll start with um, Jack Quinn, which is I, I know somebody that both of you guys have looked at very good goal scorer. So Jack Quinn, best goal scorer in the draft. Not a one-trick scorer, which makes him difficult to defend. His entire game has progressed to the point where he is a well-rounded player. He's projected as an elite number one scoring winger, comparable to David Pasternak. And he had 52 goals and 37 assists in 62 games of the 67s last year. If he's on the board, he is a fucking surefire thing. You get the best goal scorer in the draft two years in a row, you have to pull the trigger on that one. Yeah,
0: Treg? what do you think? You got to take it off mute, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: grandkids. <laughs> so, I, I sorry I missed some of that. I was distracted. But, uh,
2: what are your thoughts on Jack Quinn?
1: Jack Quinn, I don't think Jack Quinn's going to be available. So, I no, don't think it's going to happen.
0: More than likely.
1: I think Jack Quinn goes either, if he doesn't go top 10, he's in the top
0: 12. Yeah. I take so, a hot take here and say Jack Quinn's going at five.
2: Uh, her, be, I don't know, you 05. never, know. You never yep, know. To Ottawa.
1: I I think Ottawa's gonna take Le, uh maybe, maybe. He, Ottawa's gonna take either Byfield or Stutzel, whichever one's available. I think and, they're gonna take a defenseman, so I think you're gonna take no. Sanderson, be honest with you, but
0: No, I think they're gonna mess up and they're gonna they're gonna skip over the uh skip over Sanderson and they're gonna go with uh with Jack Quinn. I or think maybe Sanderson's maybe. a top five pick, easy. But or maybe I think they'll they're going to surprise us
2: all. Maybe they'll surprise us all and they'll go after Askarov. Yeah. yeah, you never know. There's been they, talk they about need, that they need goaltending, right? So
1: yeah, and Anderson's not coming back. And there's been talk about them actually. Askarov has been climbing these ranks. Yeah, depending on who you talk to, he's in the top ten or top five already. So, well, Elf do you know what? Possible. Just
2: well, let's just jump right into Askarov yeah. because I have, a, I have a little write up on him as well. Well, be careful. So, we don't want to injure him. Yeah. So. Um, Yaroslav Askarov, his physical attributes and ability to read the play puts him in the category of an excellent prospect. He has composure and and assuredness and a defiance in the face of challenges. His projection is an elite number one franchise goaltender comparable to that of Carey Price. He had a 2.45 goals against and a 9.20 save with St. Petersburg of the VHL. And this season already he's played – Three games, I believe, with uh, Saint P- Ska Saint Petersburg at the KHL, and he's sporting a 0.74 goals against and a nine seventy four save. And was uh, he was rookie of the week and goaltender of the week or something in the first week of the uh, KHL season? It's a so, shutout too. Yeah, absolutely. And and why I bring him up and why I wrote him down. Chances are he's not going to be available. But Trevor Timmons and Bergev have already said we're doing best player available. So if it happens that he is the best player available, do do they pick him? And then have him as one of those assets that they maybe one day are either going to use or trade him down the road.
0: You remember when we had Halak and everyone thought, oh my God, there's no way they're going to pick a goalie. Yeah, they picked Terry sure. Price. Yep. So yeah, I agree. If, if he is the best player available and he's there, yeah, they're going to pick him. Because you don't know how long Price price is going to be around. Maybe he gets hurt and he can't, he can't play next year.
2: Yep. We
0: don't know. Yep. We has Caden Primo, the surefire number one looks that way, but ugh. still needs still needs work as well. He's, a lot he's of people thought pre-
1: Condon was going to become a surefire number one. Exactly. We just don't know. So yeah. Well, it's gonna the same go with thing the next is
2: the same thing as like a, like a Zach Fucali. They took him in the second round and a lot of people were like, how's this guy available? And we see that his career never really blossomed with the Canadians. And by the way, good luck only. to
0: Zach. Yes, we signed with Washington. Yeah, because uh, I I'm a big fan of Zach's. Uh, he he played here in Halifax. Loved watching him play. He was a gamer at the at the junior level, yep. and he's been battling. So yep. I I hope to God that he he gets his NHL shot and he succeeds. Absolutely, but. It's taken them a long time. It takes like eight years for most goaltenders to really hit their stride. So we just don't know what's going on with Condon. Uh, Condon. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for that track uh, with, with Primo. I mean, yeah. Primo could very well become a starter in two or three years. on in Tampa, know. by the way. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So if Ascroft's there, sure. I can yeah. see it happening. I don't expect it, no. but
2: yeah. If he doesn't go, like if like say if Ottawa does make the jump, which they very well could, um, personally I can see him going to uh, to Buffalo, Minnesota, Nashville, um, Carolina, those kind of teams, of which are all going to be anywhere between eight and twelve, eight and thirteen. So I, I see him going somewhere in there. But stranger oh, things happen. Well, they've got um, they've got Knight, but yeah, they've got Spencer Knight, who they already took with a first round pick. So but still, and they, and they still have like. They still, they've still got Bobrovsky as well.
0: So. Hell, Ottawa may just, may just surprise us all and pick Askarov at three and then go, go off the board and get uh, Hendricks LaPierre at five just to just to own the, the, uh, the Canadians. They're like, oh, we got the highest-ranked <laughs> highest francophone. Screw yeah. you, Montreal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good when all the Canadians fans can go back and fill up Ottawa's building when they play, then they'll have the last laugh. so it's okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Personally, I think Askarov goes to New Jersey.
2: Yeah, yeah. And do a 1A, 1B with Blackwood wouldn't be so bad, yeah.
0: Yeah, again, Blackwood, he's he's a decent goalie right now and they think he'll be really good. But again, you go with the best player available because you just don't know what's going to happen at the NHL level.
2: Okay, so going back to my list, Yep. um, Dawson Mercer, another guy that a lot of guys have been talking about. Uh, His name is just surrounding the Canadians right now. So Dawson is a plug and play player. He can play center or wing and th- that adaptability allows him to move around the lineup and contribute competitive with very good skills. So we saw him at the juniors. Um, he was more or less playing that 13th forward role, but you know, still won a gold medal, still contributed, didn't put up any points, but he did what the coach wanted him to do. We killed penalties, et cetera, et cetera. So he's projecting as a top six, two way center slash right winger with a comparable to Blake Wheeler. Very good player. Very good comparison. Yeah, he's you know, okay and all, I guess. Yeah. He had 24 goals and 30 and 36 assists in 42 games, split between Drummondville and Chicoutimi last season. And as we record uh, the 3rd of October, last night was the first uh, first games of the QMJHL season, and he recorded two goals in the opening game against uh, Shawinigan, I believe.
0: And it was a and it was a, a dominant performance too. Yeah. He he was shutting down. Their top line. He was, he played extremely well. I think, I think having the Quebec League playing now ahead of everybody else in the, in the CHL and Europe playing, it's going to, it's going to play games with the with the scouts a bit. It very well um, could.
2: It very well could. I completely agree. And, uh, I'm going to, the next guy that we talk about, I think is yeah. going to, is going to really, um, Flourish from that if he continues the the way that he's been playing is is that Hendricks Lapierre? It will be. But let's uh, let's uh, let's continue with with Mercer and your
0: thoughts on that. Well, with Mercer, um, I think he would be a good fit in the Canadian system. In that uh, Timmins and and Chaika. Uh, uh, Jesus, huh. I'm all flustered because I'm I'm staring at Matt's beard. <laughs> but uh, no, Timmins likes uh, likes those those two-way kinds of players, those defensively responsible guys who can generate some offense. And so does Claude Julien. Yeah. But will Claude Julien be the coach when Mercer finally makes the jump? I don't know, but the Canadians as a, as a system tend to favor those mature players. They, they like those guys that are, they're focused on the game. They're they're mature um, emotionally And they play a two-way game and Mercer fits that bill. So I can totally see him being a pick. And and as for his impact at the NHL level, if he becomes a second line winger who can score 25 goals and play well defensively, then that's a home run. Well, can he play center? Yeah. He could end up being, he could become uh, the team's uh, replacement for Deneau, forcing them to trade Deneau. it's these things where these young guys develop and push the older, well-known names out. That's what you want to see. You want to see these competitions. And I think Mercer is that kind of guy that could, in short order, make the NHL leap, so two years' time, like, uh, like Suzuki did. He got drafted two years later. He's in the NHL, and he was on the NHL's uh, rookie all-star team. Yep. I think Mercer is that kind of guy. He could be. Now Lapierre, whole oh, so this is a kid that's because of his injuries. I think may it would have slid further, but because the season started and he's doing so well with that two goal, two assist performance last night, I think he's he's kind of assuaging some fears. Like we talked to Yoki Nabilainen about that in the last episode. I talked to um, to Grant McCagg uh, offline about this kind of thing before, and Grant's very clear that. Yeah, this is <laughs> this the season starting at different times is not helping them. No, it's not at all. In the in the sense that it's causing them to have to reevaluate what they saw in the previous season, but at the same time it helps them because they get to see the development from last year to this year, how they focused, what they worked on and they can see how that player would do with their recovery from injuries and whatnot. So in LaPierre's case, they see a player who focused on his injury, recovered his training, and now he's producing like he should. So maybe they look at that and say, okay, well, those those three injuries he suffered last year, maybe that's just a freak or fluke incident. And now his draft stock doesn't slide all the way to the second round. He ends up in Montreal slot.
2: So for those who don't know about LaPierre, I'll just I'll read his write-up. Uh, complete two-way center who can play in every square inch of the ice and be very productive. Outstanding sense and feel for all situations with the ability to process quickly. He's projected as a number one elite two-way center comparable to Patrice Bergeron. Not too bad. He had two goals and 15 Man. assists in 19 games last season with Shakutami and was the first overall pick in the 2018 QMJHL entry draft. And as you mentioned, it took him one game to get last year's goal total. He had two goals and two assists in the opening game of the season. And it was his first game since November 21st of 2019. We know Treg's excited about it because... Where he was shut down due to injury.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we know Treg's excited about it because he is just... His tail is wagging. Uh, He's licking his chop. Oh, wait, no, that's his cat.
1: (laughs) Yes, this is my villain, Dr. Evil Cat. (laughs) uh no i i think lapierre is going to go before the haves can pick him i think he's going to go in the top 14 top 12 a team like florida i think is going to take him
0: see and before Uh, this draft i thought lapierre was going to be that guy that slides ends up in the mid-20s when he was clearly a top five i think it's going the opposite
1: yeah i think uh i think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about how he worked on his injury he you know worked hard he did what he had to do he's a great two-way forward I think he has more offensive upside than Bergeron if he becomes an NHL player. Um, uh, yeah, so I think he's going to go. Uh, he could be another surprise guy that goes in the top 10. Uh, but I think he'll be gone before uh, Montreal. Dawson Mercer to me, I, I've been high on Dawson Mercer for a while now. Uh, I'm kind of true mentioned next or coming up anyway, uh, but uh, Montreal doesn't need a center and I don't I wouldn't want to take a guy like Hendrick LaPierre and turn him into a winger or uh, I don't think LaPierre. I think LaPierre is good enough that unless you think Deneau is not resigning next year, he's not the type of guy I would draft right now because he's just going to be buried on the third or fourth line. And you don't want to do that to a young player, especially with the skill that Lapierre has. So even if he is available, I don't know if he's the right pick for the Habs this year, Um, last year or the year before, like if he was available in KK's year, I would have, he would have been a good third overall pick. If if you're asking me based on his numbers and that now.
0: But uh, Uh, where the Canadians are now with all the uncertainty and we've been pointing at it, you know, the uncertainty in, we don't know who is going to go for what. Based no, we don't.
1: Sense. But if yeah. you project how you think your players are going to be yeah. with Suzuki projecting to be maybe that one, one C Cognitive image projecting to be that two C Dano is a two C three C type player. If you're re-signing him to keep him on. Sure. There is uncertainty. Yes. But you can't live in uncertainty and draft people that, you know, you, I, if you draft LaPierre, you're getting rid of either cocky and Emmy or to
0: but I'm speaking of the uncertainty of this draft class and who's going to be available around the time the Canadians are going to pick. Oh, oh exactly. And because yeah. we're, I, a lot of these guys could go much sooner and that pushes other names back guys like Holtz and, and Raymond, we haven't even mentioned who's going to slide. Like last year it was Caulfield. Caulfield slid to 15. No one expected him to be there. And of course, the Canadians jumped all over that. So there's there's a possibility that a guy that everyone has said is a surefire top 10 slides to 15, 16, and the Habs jump all over him.
1: Lundell, the, I think it's the guy that's going to slide.
0: Yeah. And, and this year's draft class is just chock full of wingers, scoring wingers. And what's the Canadians' biggest need in their system? It's a scoring not, winner. Yeah. Not just at, at the NHL level, but you look at all their prospects. The top 10, top 15 prospects, other than Caulfield, name a scoring winger. Uh,
2: honestly, you can't really.
0: There's no. Joel like- Armia,
2: Arturi Lekinen. where have you guys been? <laughs> They've been uh, – you know, they went center and, and defense heavy in the last few drafts. Yeah. And uh, it's shown now on their depth chart, bringing it with – you know, not to get too much off topic, but you've got – um Jordan Harris, you've got Struble, you've got Norlander, you got um Romanov, etc. all these guys that are defensemen and then your centers coming up, you've got Kokaniemi, you've got um Paling, you've got Paling, Evans, got Harris, not Harris, um the fucks his name. hillis Hill, hillis. 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 Yeah. Hillis. So they traded got, for Suzuki.
0: I mean, yep. you, you look at the way that the that Bergevin and Timmins have worked towards rebuilding this prospect pool. And they've used the shotgun method. So one year, they just went for a ton of centers. The next year, they go for a ton of defensemen. Now, I, I'm i just extrapolating past actions to what I expect to see this year. I, I was just going to say that, them, Blaine. Yeah, I expect to see them yeah. go after a ton of wingers. So, so if you wouldn't...
1: see a center like uh, Lapierre, that's one of the, another reason I think Lapierre probably won't get drafted by the Canadians. is because they're going to draft heavy on wingers. And yeah, uh, Pierre's not a winger.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Dawson Mercer is a guy who does play, who could play on the wing at the NHL level. He's, He's listed he, as a winger on, or listed as a winger on some yeah. drafting.
1: Uh,
2: so
0: guys like that, guys that they can shift from center to wing, totally get it. Like Connor Zeri. Yeah, I know you so, were going to bring him up, Matt.
2: Yeah. So what I'm going to do, just to save time, I'm going to do two forwards, two defensemen. We'll just shotgun them in really quick, and then shotgun at the in. And then at the end of this, we'll do our projections of who we think they're going to pick like our top three. Sure. Okay. So we'll go right into Zeri, the definition of Swiss army knife type player, very good sense and skills, but his understanding of all situations and ability to contribute in all of them defines him as substance over flash his projection, Swiss army knife comparable. Elias Lindholm, he had 38 goals and 48 assists in 57 games with Kamloops last season. The other player that I'm going to throw in there, Seth Jarvis, very skilled, smart center, also a winger who uses deception in guile to gain advantages, and produce offensively. He has the ability to take advantage of the slightest opportunity. Don't underestimate him. Projection is a number one B number two, a skill center comparable to Braden point. I see him more as a winger. He also played, uh, right wing as i said where i believe he's best suited at the pro level 35 points in his first 32 games before exploding down the stretch with 63 points in just 26 games and uh, he finished the season with 42 goals and 56 assists in 58 games with portland so between those two guys both could very well be available i i would say zary would probably be more available than jarvis um, but you're looking at two completely different players. You're looking at one guy who is a jack-of-all-trades type player who's, who can play a shutdown role, he can play the offense role, he can play the skill game, he can play whatever you need to really plug him in, and then you've got Jarvis who's like a surefire, let's score goals, I'm going to get open, I'm going to pick the corner, et cetera type player.
0: Uh, I think Treg, you had you had a comment about uh before we started the show, we were talking offline and you had a comment about one of these guys.
1: I think Seth Jarvis is he'd be perfect, but he's too small. He's only 5'10", 172 pounds. Habs need to get bigger on the wings. They don't need to the Habs already have a two full lines full of five ten and below players. Uh they have Caulfield coming up, who's only my height, like five eight. And uh um. Yeah. No. I'm nothing against Seth Jarvis's uh, skill and stuff like that. Uh. But I mean, if you have a team in the next couple of years that's going to have a Gallagher, a Caulfield, a Jarvis, uh, all these guys up front, you're really losing size up front. Like, no matter how hard they play or whatever, do size matters. Um, a person you didn't mention. I'm going to bring him up uh, now. I'm not sure if you're going to bring him up before, but is uh, Rodion Am- a- a- Amerov? Yeah. Uh, I believe that's the pick that they're going to take. I think he's going to be their pick. Uh, he needs to gain some weight. He's six foot, but only about 165, 170 pounds. Yeah. Um, I think if not Dawson Mercer, it's going to be uh, Amerov, And Amerov is more of an offensive uh, talented uh, player. He's been kind of underwhelming so far in the KHL this year, but uh, I think he has everything Montreal needs in a, in a, in a, in a winger right now. Uh, he's not going to be as defensively responsible as Dawson Mercer, and he's not going to be as versatile playing center or wing. But uh, if you're looking for a pure goal scorer who could probably come into the NHL sooner than later, uh, not saying that's the best idea, but if that's what you're looking for, it's it's going to be him. So because you brought him up, I do have a quick little skip okay. on him as well. I wasn't so, sure if you were going to do him because I know you said two forwards, fours, two defense. So I yeah, just wanted... I just,
2: I, you know what, I, I, yeah. I put a couple extras on and he was one yeah. of my honorable mentions. Yeah. So Anamirov, uh, a strong winger who gets in and around the net to score, creates space for others and establishes himself in the areas that produce rewards. He is very adept at finishing off plays. He projects as a top six net front left winger. Comparable to that of Jake Dubrowski, and so far in eight games in the KHL this season, he's got three goals and two assists.
1: Okay, so he's doing better in the KHL than I thought. I had heard that he yeah. wasn't. Uh, he was off to a slow start. I think
2: you looked at last year's numbers. he only okay. had two assists last year yeah. in the. You only had two, two, two assists in twenty-one games last year in the in,
1: uh, in the KHL. So right now he's scoring almost at about a point six uh, point per game pace. He's, he's starting off okay. Yeah, He's with... definitely starting off okay. In the second a, best league in the world. Yeah. Well, I know people that would argue that the SHL is the second best league in the world. And that so. would be
0: Jokidek-Villainen, <laughs> who was our guest last week. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think he's, I honestly, and this is when I said earlier, I, I was all for Dawson Mercer. Now I'm leaning to somebody else. That's who I'm leaning to now. I think sure. he, only for the simple fact is he could come in as early as next year or the year after.
0: Person now, now, I know I know guys like uh, like Schneider and Gould are are kind of trending right now, yeah. and neither one would be a bad pick for the Canadians, a nope. left-handed defenseman or a right-handed defenseman. Both are physical; they can move the puck well. You know, long term, I think they'd be good picks. But like I mentioned earlier, I think the Canadians are going to be shotgunning uh, picks wingers. for
2: wingers, scoring wingers, and, and yeah. skill. It's going to be more yeah. of a skill based than a, or skill skill slash two way game than defense, yeah, or centers.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think size is necessarily an issue when they're making the pick. However, at at this pick, at sixteen, you're still going to get uh, comparable skilled players with some size, some without. So I think size will factor into this pick if they hold on to sixteen. Uh, if they had to choose between a five nine player who can score 30 goals in the junior ranks versus a six foot player who can score 30 goals in the junior ranks they'll go with the six footer more than likely yeah yeah so if, um if i mean you look
1: at the draft not to interrupt you
0: yeah but anyone it's from funny not, interrupt me yeah I get it
1: anyone from right now from nine to twenty three can go anywhere between nine and twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, there's going, any, be a
2: lot of, there's going to be a lot of uh,
0: questions asked after that. I mean, one to one to twelve, one to thirteen. You can say most of them. I mean, outside the top three, are interchangeable. I would say
1: just the top two, Byfield and Lafreniere are gonna go two. Stutzel's gonna go up there too. But so, Stutzl, um, yeah, Stutzel, yeah, Stutzel be three, but he could drop as low as five too because.
0: But he, he, you, could, you don't want to. But what we're saying yeah. is like that. That top thirteen. Uh, you can interchange back and forth most of those guys, and, and like you said, from 14 to say 25, same thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, back to what I was getting at with the shotgunning of wingers, I do think Amirov would be in their their wheelhouse. I think he'd be very good um, if they pick him. I'd be I'd be happy. I don't know if they're going to go with that. So maybe a guy like maybe a guy like Quinn legitimately slides they jump all over him uh holtz you know there's hasn't been much noise about
2: holtz if there's some t- if there's some reason that he's available they've got to pick him
1: yeah it, it's the same thing with uh it's the same thing with uh the other guy you mentioned there um a holtz or quinn drop quinn, Yeah, ha- you have to pick them. You you have have
2: to. To. yeah
0: yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's a cold ch- caulfield a situation exactly but if, if you don't have someone sliding down to the 16 pick, yeah, Amirov would be a good pick. Uh, another guy that I would think could possibly be available is Lundell. I know he's a center. I know he's not a, his offensive game isn't quite that high, but I think they would jump on on him as a center. Uh, but if we're just sticking to wingers, uh, Amirov is a great pick. But the other one I think would possibly catch their eye is uh, Jan Mizak out of Hamilton. Yeah.
2: If he, he would have been healthy, if he would have been healthy this year, if he would have been healthy this year, he'd probably go higher than what he's probably projected to go.
0: Yeah. When he came over to North America from the Czech Republic, he was looked at as a, a top five pick. Okay. So he's got skill. He He plays, he plays a, a mature defensive game. He had an injury that caused him to slide. So I think that's the kind of guy that they would look at as well.
2: So to close out our draft talk, Treg, we'll start with you. Who are your top three and who would be your pick, if available?
1: Uh, my top three are going to be uh, Lapierre, Amerov, and Mercer. And okay. I'm going to go with Amarov, okay. if available. But I'm also going to throw this before you go to, to Blaine. Yeah. Is if you're going off the board, if you're looking at someone to surprise, I have two guys, Brendan Bryson and uh, Lucas Reichel. Okay. Uh, that's if they decide to go off the board and shock everyone. And okay. I'm gonna say another defenseman just so I can say his name. Shaker Makamadoulin. It's <laughs> close. He <laughs> you, you know what? You did not do that bad, actually. <laughs> you've been you've been practicing, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say his name. I really don't think they're gonna pick him. I just want well, they might pick him in the second round, but I just wanted to say his name. Okay.
2: <laughs> so how about this? We'll do uh seeing that he threw out a name that kind of off the board. How about we'll do that with you too? we'll do your top sure. 3, your pick and an off the board pick.
0: Okay, off the board pick. All right. Um, so my top 3, I mean, obviously anyone who slides, I would be all over that. So a guy like a Holzer Quinn, if they slid, oh, 100%. Um, I like I like Seth Jarvis, but I don't I don't know if I'd pick him over a Zari. So I'd go with Zary, and Amirov. Those, those of you, my other two. So, anyone who slides, Zarya Uh If I was going to pick a defenseman, I'd, yeah, Ghoul. I'd go with Ghoulie or Ghoul, however it's pronounced. Yep. Um, off the board. Oh. At 16, that's a tough call. Off the board. Oof. I want to make the fans in Montreal happy. So should I pick a francophone, or should I troll them and not pick one at all? I mean, I could say, I could say Perot out of Sarnia just because his name sounds French. They think they'd be all excited for a minute until they realize until oh, they realize shit, he's, he's from not Ontario. <laughs> he's from Ontario. Ah, oh, crap! He's the wrong kind of French. So, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm going to troll them. I'm going to go with uh, a Yacopeto out of Ontario, but it's, his name is Jacob Perot out of Ontario. That's the son of.
2: Is Yannick uh, Perot's son?
0: Yes. Ah, uh, uh, so he has a little French. Okay. Forget that then that would, that would still make them happy. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. So if I'm going to go off the board, then I'm going to go with something a little bit better and maybe a Noel Gundler.
2: Okay, out of the uh, SHL. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not
1: that far off either, actually. No, Noel
2: it's not. Gunner. That's not that. That's, no, no,
0: it not, that's it, it actually, would still be a reach. It would still it be It would a reach. be, but I'm just disappointed in myself for picking Perot's son and thinking that would make people upset. I'm upset. I'm the villain here, Blaine.
1: But, but, but it is am an off-the-board
2: pick. It is an off-the-board pick. So uh, to close this out, I'll say my top three would be um, Mercer, Jarvis, and Zari, and I would I would pick Dawson Mercer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and uh, if um, I'll go with I'll go with Perot as an off the board pick. Um, he's a guy that um, he's a guy that um, you know he, he you know we we know we can score, but is are his wheels going to be there at the uh, at the NHL level? That's, that's what's going to be the determining factor of where he goes. But uh, if, I, if I go off the board, take a guy that sounds French.
1: <laughs> you guys are terrible. I'm the villain here. Blaine, <laughs> you never actually picked who you think they're actually going to pick.
0: Who they're actually going to pick? Uh...
1: Assuming everyone goes where they're supposed to go.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: Uh... So, so far, we got Amira from Treg got yeah. Mercer for
0: myself. I think LaPierre. Yeah. Cause LaPierre is a middle of the, the middle of the, uh, the round guy right now. I think they would go with him because one Francophone, you know, they always say, you know, all things being equal. Yep. He's projected to be a top line player. Yep. So skill wise, they want skill. I know he's a center, but you go best player available. And if he's there, you, you jump all over that. and then you make moves in the future
2: and we he's also got just with the queue starting early yeah we might get a better look of how he is how mercer is how a guy like a maverick bork is going to look etc some of these guys that are in the queue already and seeing what they're uh seeing how they're starting kind of they're going to get that extra jump on the scouts as you guys mentioned earlier
0: not to mention, uh, with the World Juniors being played in the bubble in Edmonton, I think a lot of these Q League guys are going to get uh, get more of a chance to be on the team because they've been Absolutely. playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if,
1: if, I'm going to bring this up. If the draft was still in Montreal without COVID, Lapierre probably would have definitely been their pick in Montreal.
0: With the, well, yeah, see, with the if everything. Pick, would- well, no, yeah, you would not have, have the sick pick. sick. Yeah, but 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 now he's right. back to being healthy, and they say, say that, the
1: draft is exactly the way it is now. Montreal got the sixteenth pick. Lapierre would have been their pick in Montreal. Well, There'd now that lot, they there know that there
2: would that, be a lot of pressure. There'd be a lot of pressure to to yeah. to do the whole Louis draft. LeBlanc it'd thing, be yeah. just
1: like if just like a Louis LeBlanc thing, only better. Yeah,
2: I guess. But but we
1: said that, that about Louis know,
0: LeBlanc last time. <laughs>
1: No one said that about
0: (laughs) but now they know that the uh, the majority of the injuries that Lapierre suffered are spinal; they're neck injuries; they're not concussions. Yeah, yeah. So that makes a huge difference. If the draft was held in June, as it was supposed to, that knowledge wasn't made available. So Mm. yeah, that would have been a big difference.
1: Okay, you're making sense of my little toy fucking thing I'm trying to do here, Blaine. Like, let's just well, this is me being your villain. Listen. You can't be you can't be the Hulk Hogan to my Roddy Piper. A, you don't have the hair or the scullet. And B, you're just not that tall. Not that good looking. No, well, not that Hogan was good looking. Like I said. Still not that good looking. It's true. It's, it's true. true. <laughs> you're, you're more you're more like a midget Andre the Giant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So before,
2: so before we say goodbye, any closing remarks from you guys?
0: Yeah. Screw you, Treg.
1: Hot (laughs) prediction: the pick gets traded for an amazing player. The the world, the Habs world, will be shocked.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Let's do this on hot takes. Let's finish it off with hot takes. So you got sounds good. Amazing player. What do you got, Matt?
1: I'm not going to name the player, but I know who it is. I have a source. Well, then name the player. No. We're I have doing a, hot takes do it do it,
2: do um, it. I'm gonna player. say I'm gonna say that um, they're gonna trade the pick this will be my my hot take or my prediction kind of off the board um, they trade that pick as part of a package and they bring in a goal scoring winger top six and I'll go with uh, I'll go with Brock Besser they they'll find bastard. They'll, they'll find a way to bring him in and um, okay if it's not Besser uh Nick Ehlers.
0: You bastard, you stole my. I, I was, was going to say I was just about
1: to come back and say Nick Ehlers was going to be my guy that they they go and get with the pick, but So you go ahead throw, yeah. throw yours into. If I,
0: I if was going to say, say name... they were going to trade for Brock Besser, but now screw it. I'm going to say they keep the first pick and get Brock Besser in a three-way Ooh. trade with uh with Vancouver and Now you're just making Phoenix. shit up. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm going all out.
2: And just, okay, and just to get people just to and just to change yours just to change it up a little bit more. I'll say uh they offer the first round pick in a package for Mantha.
0: Sure. There I'm still go. doing this. Screw both of you. I'm doing this. I'm going all out. <laughs> in a package screw for who? Up
1: huge. Mantha? Yeah. I'm not I'm not high on Mantha. I don't think Mantha brings him any more than are like have. Then you're yeah. just it's th-
2: high. Hit thirty eight points last year in forty three games. <laughs>
1: and he's a big ass yeah.
2: winger that can skate. So yeah. he's he's what he's pretty much it's everything practical. they need in a winger. Hot right hot
1: take. Canadians get Canadians trade uh, Mete and get dry sidle. Hot, hot, hot pick. Oh, that's hot.
0: <laughs> okay, and here's mine. Again, <laughs> now we're just one upping each other. <laughs> I I haven't even given mine yet. <laughs> Bastards keep jumping in on me. Okay.
2: All right, floor is yours.
0: We're ready. We're. Yep. Get, I'm doing this. I'm I'm getting stupid here. Okay. Three way trade, Phoenix. Vancouver, Montreal, OEL goes to Vancouver. Montreal gets Besser, and Phoenix gets uh, uh, the uh, the John, uh, the remnants of the John Scott trade, and uh, and a Twinkie.
1: I think they rejected because of the Twinkie. They really wanted Joe Louis.
0: <laughs> there you go. Now I, I we think did track... that. We did them a solid for the John Scott. Now it's their turn. I
1: think Winnipeg gets the pick for Ealer. Uh, the pick plus for Ealer. There'll be there'll be others involved, like a like a defenseman, like a Kulak. Sure. I'll be realistic.
0: Screw realistic. Let's get crazy.
1: Well, all right then. Met day for dry sidle. Straight up. <laughs> the first
0: round pick that's, and Met Day for Dry sidle. That's too much cap. <laughs> Done. <laughs> If that happened, the one, the first thing that pops out of people's mouths, too much cap. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> and then Chris Buzzy thinks he's got Shirelli all over again. <laughs> if only. So I think we're
2: spitballing a little bit, uh, a little bit now. Oh yeah. So, um, I, I guess I'll be the one to call it this time, and uh, I'll say to all of our uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to the draft. We look forward to hearing your guys. Um, Reactions to this on Twitter. And uh, anytime you guys ever have a question that you might want to hear on the show, feel free to DM the Habs uh, Unfiltered account or any one of us. And uh, perhaps we'll throw it in the show and um, we'll give you a real take of what your question uh, is. And um, hopefully we'll give you some sort of answer that you're looking for.
0: If you also want to stay anonymous, you could also email Habs and Filtered at Outlook.com and just Send, uh, send all your Treg hate there, questions there. Um, we're more than happy to answer questions. Uh, you know, you can, we'll, we'll use your, your points of view to help us derail the show further. As you can tell, we're very good at derailing the show. Um, so we'll, we'll use that. Uh, and also keep an eye out for the, the draft this week. Uh, we might actually have something in the works. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Who
1: knows? Uh, also, if you're going to listen to us on Apple, make sure you uh, rate us and leave a comment just so we know what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, and we can change the show and make it better for you.
0: But definitely make it five stars then send us an email on what, what you feel we screwed up.
1: Yeah, just do five stars. Say it was great. Then send an email telling us how bad we are. Yeah, yeah. Matt's beard should get five stars on its own. So,
0: What, Right. And Matt's mom, who still hasn't rated the show yet, (laughs) hasn't responded to my, my request for her to come on the show to tell us the origin story of the beard.
1: He was born with it.
0: That's what I've heard. Yeah. So she's one of only three people listening. It's his mom, your mom, and mine.
1: My mom doesn't listen.
0: She just clicks it. Yeah.
1: I don't even think she does that. (laughs) So who's the third? I have no idea. Someone from Brazil.
0: <laughs> is it your cat?
1: Could be. She is evil.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we'll end the show there. Um, Want to thank Matt for taking time out of his busy Air Force schedule and oh, setting an welcome. alarm clock to wake up to join us.
2: No, you're very welcome. I definitely had to do that this morning.
0: <laughs> what's that in your coffee? Is that? That's uh, not. It's,
2: uh, it's Cabot Trail.
0: Oh, oh it's not, Cabot uh, Trail's
1: good.
2: Delicious. You
0: can you
1: can actually drink that on its own. It's, you that good. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Well, I guess uh, that. Just I just want to thank Ari and
1: Ava for making yeah. my little uh, my grandkids making this little podcast a little bit more adventurous for me. <laughs> my, my computer falling and me logging out for a little minute, but uh, anyway. That's the
0: highlight of the show. Yeah, it is so far. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Love this. All summer. right. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you all of our listeners old and new for tuning in please click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans and remember if you are talking about it so are we